Hey sisters, today I have the opportunity to share a awesome conversation with a wonderful friend of mine, Michelle Moore. You do not want to miss this episode. I know that it's a little longer than normal and you will appreciate it because the journey of this conversation will be so valuable for you no matter where you are in your journey. So I actually would recommend just listening and taking it all in and then listening again when you get a chance with a notebook because not only does she drop some serious truth bombs, she also will give you some practical, tactical things to do to begin to grow in your journey. So listen up. You're going to love it. Hey, sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker and promise breaker, Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, I am here today with an amazing friend of mine. I'm so excited for this interview. Uh, her name is Michelle Moore and she is a neurotransformational results coach. She's going to share with you in just a second what that means <laughs> in her beautiful words, but it's really cool. I just want to share really quick how we met. I, um, as you know, I'm a coach and that's what I'm here to help you with and serve you as my community. Well, it was a journey finding the company and the, the, my people, my people that I knew would mentor me and guide me and teach me. And I, um, became part of this awesome community. Come to find out this beautiful woman. Um, she has been my mentor. She has helped me through and continues to help me and work with me. And she lives near me. So it was so cool. Um, what an opportunity. And it was a total surprise. So we've had the opportunity to have some lunch and then connecting here today is even better. So thank you so much for coming on today, Michelle. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's, um, it's really cool, especially knowing your journey and some of the conversations that, that we've had and, and just the, um, uncertainty of starting anything new to see like where you're at and where you've grown and how you're serving the the humans in the world um, just brings a lot of joy to my heart and so I was honored and like almost like a little kid like excited isn't really the right word but like ah right like yeah. she asked me to be on her podcast so, yeah. I, feel, I feel the same way because I did before I was like, oh, I, I just need to get my giddiness out. So I have the little, you know, wavy hands and, ee, ee, you know, super <laughs> excited. So, all right. So tell my beautiful women, tell me, um, tell them and me in your words, kind of, you know, what it is that you do now. And then we'll kind of backtrack and talk about your yeah. journey. I love it. It's funny, I, when I hear you or anybody else say, um, like the neurotransformational results coach, like even me sometimes, I'm like, what does that even mean, right? Like no, no one understands what that means. Um, and, and I think to put it most, most simply is I, um, I get the opportunity to help women experience life, you know, in a way that they didn't believe or know was actually possible yeah. for them. And, and most of the work that I do is, is specifically with women in really helping them. So it, the neuro right part is, is in the brain and creating like the, the real neurological shifts in the body to actually 
help them make a change that lasts. I mean, my gosh, how many of us are wrestling with the, the, the symptoms of the behavior, right? We're trying to manage our eating or our drinking or our sleep or our perfectionism or our procrastination when in reality, those are all just symptoms, right? Of what's actually happening underneath. So I wanted to help people dig below what they saw at the surface and go down under to what's actually happening. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty now, um, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit today, but I'm a, a pretty uh, raw and uh, kind of tell it like it is with love. Right? I have a friend that, that calls it um, tender strong, which I love. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, but it's really about holding up a mirror and, and speaking the truth and helping other people really look at that truth in them uh, so that they can they can really unhook themselves from the things that are holding them back. You know, most people don't even realize that they, they have their hand on, on the anchors that are actually keeping them stuck. And that's not always a comfortable conversation. I was just on the phone with a client before this, who's in a place um, of, of just, you know, wanting to blame. And, and I get it because I did that. And it's so much easier if it's everybody else's fault. Um, but really helping in the relationships that I work with women to um, take that personal responsibility so they can actually liberate themselves. Um, I work with a lot of women who are dealing with the effects of, of you know, the, the mother wound. And so really helping women with um, releasing their people pleasing and the guilt and the shame and the self-worth so that they can just experience, like I said, life in, in the way that's truly possible for mm. them. Mm, thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. And those of you who are listening, this is why I love this woman <laughs> and why I chose these people to be my people. So there's a lot more where that came from. So I am honored to be able to continue this work with you as well. So this is Set Free Sisterhood. So I, when I reached out to you, I said, hey, you know, I know that you've had a, uh, a journey and it's different from mine. But I ask, you know, what is it that you want to share with my community um, based on some things that I mentioned that they were struggling with that you have been set free from and just kind of share a little bit of that story, kind of take me back of what was going on and then, you know, leading up to some sort of breakthrough or turning point for you. Yeah. Um, and the two things, and there's so many, you know, I, I, I think that, um, once we start to, to liberate ourselves, we see the different places that we're holding ourselves back. Would you say that's your experience? Like once you start to set yourself free, you, you realize all the other cages that you created? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The biggest thing for me um, was my um, like perfectionism that came from the this, I mean, I, I've been thinking about this since you asked me, I'm like, which came first, right? The self-abuse or the perfectionism? Um, <laughs> but those two things really, uh, really wrapped together. I, um, I've been reflecting a lot about this and, you know, I actually wrote something just yesterday, just through my own processing about recognizing that um, the behavior, right? For me, the perfection was actually a coping strategy. You know, I, I have uh, a, a wonderful, a wonderful mom um, who, like many people, uh, had her own, you know, traumas and, and her own um, pains. And while she absolutely did the very best that she could do, you know, when uh, I was growing up, um, there was like, I experienced trauma and, 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 and uh, abuse. And what I learned Right, unconsciously, uh, very little was that if I was perfect, right? If if my hair bows matched, and this is back, I'll tell you how old I am, right? But this is back in like the '70s and early '80s, right? Where mm -hmm. you have like you know ribbons in your hair, and if my hair bows matched my outfit, matched my socks, and everything was was neat, and my hair was perfectly French braided, and everything like looked good on the outside, that I didn't get in trouble, right? And that that actually made had my mom have uh, more of a sense of feeling in control, right, of her environment, like if, if I was perfect. So I, I learned that that was, that was how, it was how I, I started to equate like perfection with, with love, 
right? So if I was perfect, then I was able to be worthy of receiving love and, and attention. And so I, I say a lot in, in my story, right, that I was just programmed to perform, right? And this came out in, in my grades, in, in you know, like dance and any extracurricular activities that I did. And so I started to put all of this pressure on myself, which I don't actually know that that's ever made anybody perform, you know, better, um, <laughs> like mm -hmm. more pressure, but I just put like pressure, pressure, pressure. And, and the voices from, from her just turned into my own voice. Right. And, and it was, you know, just the whispers, right. Of, of that inner critic, right. You better not mess that up. That wasn't good enough that, right. Like if I got one question wrong, it's like, right? Like I would beat myself up about it. Or if um, I said something that, you know, made somebody else upset, right? I would just go in on myself, right? Like you should have known better. You shouldn't have said that. And just pretty constantly, there was just this tape that was running in my head that was doing a lot of, of, of damage. And because Michelle, I lived with it for so long, I almost didn't think that it was not normal, if yeah. that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just kind of thought that like everybody did this, right? You know, like, oh, it's just normal to, you know, beat yourself up. And, and I think we see, and this happens with so many things, right? It happens with, with alcohol, right? Like, it's just, we make cute jokes about things um, or yeah, being unhealthy or, you know, or how we relate to our bodies. But the, the phrase like, oh, I'm my own worst enemy, right? And it was almost like for a long time, I wore that like this thing to be proud of, right? Like, yeah. like I'm the worst, right? Mm -hmm. No one beats me up harder than me. <laughs> and and I, I just started to recognize that while I was achieving, um, I didn't feel good. So I had trained myself to believe that if I performed good, then I would feel good. And it just wasn't happening, you know? And I, I found myself being really, really stressed out. I coped by, you know, smoking weed and, and drinking because I didn't like how I felt. So I started to just numb out. And then it was like, just work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder. So I'm like driving myself, but not not nurturing myself or caring for myself or loving myself in any way. And, and it was, um, it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. and, and I was actually, it was right after I first got certified to coach. Cause here's the thing about, I think this behavior, um, is that you can perform. Yes. Right? Doesn't mean you're happy. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I started to think about it. I'm like it, I mean, it gets you results, yeah. right? So you might be number one, you might be chosen for certain things, you might be on the honor roll. I remember I was in my direct sales company and I was on stage being crowned like number one in the company for sharing the opportunity and I was miserable. Well, <clears throat> that's interesting because that's the one thing I thought of too is not only are you, you're, you're getting, you're achieving and you get maybe those little hits of, of everybody else noticing too, like, wow, she's amazing. Look what she's doing. But then, like you said, inside where no one can see you're, you're miserable. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, I said this the other day, I was like, I was so tired because I was literally living like two lives right? Like I'm living two lives at the same time. The one that nobody knows about that also takes effort to hide. Right. And then yep. the, the one that everybody um, sees and it's just, it was exhausting. And I remember like that moment was one of the high points should have been one of the high points in my career. And I was so stressed out beforehand. I was making everybody around me miserable, right? Because I was so stressed out. I wasn't having any fun. I wasn't enjoying it. Right. I wasn't like, this is amazing. And let's celebrate. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want anybody around me because I didn't want them to see that I was a basket case, right? That I was hysterical and putting all this pressure on how I looked and what I was like wearing and what I was going to say. I mean, just so much of that, like, you better not mess this up, right? This better be perfect. And, and even at the end, like, 
one of my friends who had won the same award years earlier, she said, you should go around like in the arena, right? And you should let people love on you and, and celebrate you. And this is a big deal, right? Let them you know, cheer you on. And I didn't even want to be around anybody because I felt so much shame that I didn't even deserve the recognition that I got with all the work. So it was just like this constant, it didn't, it didn't matter what I did externally. And this, I didn't realize at the time, right? But the, sure. the wound, the pain was internal, right? So it didn't matter. I could achieve, I could get all the accolades, I could get the attention from other people, but there's was a misalignment with actually how I felt about myself. And it was a good thing in what it triggered, but it was a low point. Like I got really depressed after that because I just thought like, I mean, it's just like anything, we develop a tolerance, right? So if, if this success didn't make it, I got to get more success. Well, if that didn't make it, I got to get more success. And I had gotten to this place where I was like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Like none of this is working. And so at that point I started to think um, maybe that I'm the, the variable here. And so instead of trying to um, continue to achieve, maybe it's time we go in. Um, and it was shortly thereafter that I, I, you know, started working with a coach and, and really diving into what was actually going on with me and recognizing that I was like, I was the one that was making myself miserable, but I was blaming, um, I was still blaming my mom. Uh, mm. And there's um, no um, ability to change when it's somebody else's fault, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, right. Mm -hmm. We got to take some, some personal responsibility. And that doesn't, for anybody that thinks this, because my initial reaction to that was like, uh-uh, right? Like, like, heck no. <laughs> and... Um, I just had to recognize that like, I'm the one that's in control of my life. So if any of this is going to change, I have to look at where I'm actually responsible. And while these things did happen when I was a child, I'm a woman who's now in her forties and, and I'm still operating as if I was a five or six year old, right. As, as a preteen and, and this is not okay. And so I had a moment actually in a peer coaching session, honestly, um, where I just was like, you know what? Um, like F it, like this is, I'm done. I'm tired. Like, you're just going to see me as I am. Like, I just, if you don't like it, then I, I can't continue to manage and manipulate everybody else's perceptions of me. Like I'm tired. Mm. Like I'm so, so tired of it. And so that was a, a start it was a journey. And I think that's a big thing for people to really understand. You know, we can make a decision, a declaration, like I'm done with whatever this thing is that we want to be set free from. But the reality is that um, I think for most things, there's a journey to that. Yes. And it's not from the way I see it. It's not like I'm waiting for somebody else. And I was waiting, Michelle, for other people to come and rescue me. Like somebody saved me from this perfectionism. I had to recognize, like I've locked myself in the cage. I have the key, the lock is on the inside. And I'm mad at all these other people out there who won't come in here and rescue me when I'm the one I set myself free. Mm. And I had to say enough, like I'm, I'm done. There's this, this inner child essence to me who's getting the crap beat out of her and I'm the one that's doing that and that's no longer okay with me. Mm. Woohoo. I love it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And um man, I that's where we have to get. We have to get to where we're completely I mean even for me it's as simple as like ready. You know, the women that I know that it's just we have enough we're done with this, this piece and we're ready. Mm -hmm. and we, we might not know what's coming. We might not know more than likely. We don't have a clue what the journey is until we start to walk it. Amen. You know, I, I did something earlier today about, you know, the how is revealed in the middle of the journey after taking the steps, but not before. And so, but we have to get to that place. And I think that was huge for me, whether it was even, you know, well, he says this and it triggers me or this situation at work stresses me out, you know, to go and well, wait a minute, you know, who's really in control here? Same thing. 
I'm in my, I'm a, I'm a woman. I have, you know, I'm over here on one hand saying, you know, I'm tough and I like to control and I'm disciplined and all these things that I felt like were these badges of honor. But then over here making excuses and blame. And it wasn't until everything collided to where for me, it was complete surrender. My hands are up. That's it. I'm not, can't do this anymore. Don't want to do this anymore. Now what? And, And it's so freeing and more like empowering and powerful to let go and, you know, be open to the journey because Mm -hmm. it's way more imprisoning to, to continue to blame and then try, like you said, try to put up this, this persona that we don't even have a control what people, how they see it anyway. No, we can't handle that. Oh my gosh. And most of the time we're wrong anyway, when we try, at least I was when we try, because then we're using our own perceptions to evaluate. Well, when I blink my eyes two times, that's when I'm lying. So let me look at Michelle and now, oh, she blinked two times. So does she think I'm lying or is she lying? And like, it's, and we're wrong all the time because we're all individuals. So we all have our own perceptions, our own experiences of life. But if I'm using my filters to assess what your facial expressions mean. And here's the thing, even if I get you perfectly, the next person is going to be totally different, which is why it's such an exhaustive and never ending process until we say like, I'm, I'm done. And I'm happy you use the word surrender because that's in order to experience like a true breakthrough, break free, right? transformation, mm-hmm. that surrender piece is part of it. Yep. It really is. Yeah. Cause we've, I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> I know you've seen it. I've seen it. You know, it's, it's experience and even relationships or clients or anybody, you know, it's like they say I'm ready, but then they're over here holding on to something and you, it's like, girl, I can still see you holding on to that. And I think that's where, um, I love what you say, the tender strong. (laughs) I love that because we're not doing anyone any favors that come into our space. If we're not real and truthful in the middle of all the compassion and love. Absolutely. I I actually think the the truth is compassionate and Mm -hmm. loving, right? Like I, I don't want, I don't want you to lie to me. If you really truly love me, then then do tell me the truth. And and the other side of that, man, Michelle, I get it. Because if if I've built, you know, my whole life around this particular identity, even if it's not empowering, like who I was, like I I had an identity attached to my perfectionism. And so the the thought of like okay, if this is gone, like, I, I don't, I don't know who I am. Mm. I, I don't know who I am without the, and, and you can fill the, add in the blank, who I am without my husband, who I am without the alcohol, who I am without this job, who I am without the kids around, right? Like that, that's a real conversation. And a lot of us, um, we don't really like to have our excuses taken away, <laughs> even though we, we think like we want this thing, but if all of our excuses are taken away, now we got to put up, right? Like now we have to actually do the thing that, that we've been saying. So if my perfectionism protected me and I could procrastinate because of it and say, oh, well, I'm just delayed because you know me, I'm a perfectionist. Like, that's cute. When are you going to do the thing? <laughs> right. And, and so yeah. when I, like, I, it's really that to what you just said, it's that honest, you know, um, I don't know a better phrase than like a come to Jesus meeting, you know, with self of like, all right, what are we doing here? What's really, truly going on? And what's the real thing that's, that's holding us back so that we can, man, like when we heal the thing, that's actually the problem, then we don't even have to wrestle with any of the solutions anymore. And that's what I love about the work that we get to do, mm-hmm. right? Because then I don't have to deal with all your coping. Like, let's talk about what the actual problem is. What's, what are you trying to cope from? And as soon as I recognize that inside of the perfectionism, I'm like, let me stop with this 
talking about the perfection and let me go under what the real problem is, was I didn't think that I was worthy, right? I didn't think that I was valid. I didn't think that I was enough. And I believe that my performance was attached to that. And I had to heal that relationship. And as soon as I did that, then the rest of the stuff became so much easier. Mm. So let's talk about that piece for a minute. The, like the actions after the breakthrough in, you know, not only releasing that identity, but you spoke in the, um, on the fact of just kind of not knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of my community, that's what I hear, especially walking through these, you know, years of going through the motions, doing the things, but then drinking almost daily. And then we start this journey and it's like, well, I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to have fun. You know, now I'm, I feel that way. I'm like, let's just have some fun. I know how to have fun now and be me in the fun. So mm-hmm. uh, walk me through some of that and the kind of the steps towards discovering you again or the new you, however you say it. I love what you said about being me in the fun. I hope that's something that you talk about. That's so good. Like that's like, that just felt so good to my soul. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, (laughs) it's a process and, and what I, what I did and what I work with my clients a, a lot around is, um, getting to like getting to know you. Right? Just like you would if you were starting any new relationship, right? So um, I scheduled, and, and I have to schedule it because if it's not in my calendar, it just doesn't get done. Um, but I blocked out time for um, dates with me in what I call um, a feedback-less environment which meant this wasn't me on the computer and this wasn't me even with a book, right? Or just no music. Like, let me just get to know myself. And so I would go on walks or sometimes I would sit in the tub and I just asked myself questions and I allowed journaling. And when I say journal, sometimes it's writing. I like to, I like to talk. And I learned that about myself that I process a lot through communication. So I'm a huge voice memo fan for any of you that have iPhone. I'm pretty sure you do the same thing. Mm -hmm, I love that. I do. So sometimes when I'm on a walk, I'll just hit like voice memo and I just start talking because I had to allow, we cannot, when everything's up in here in the head, we can't make sense of anything. I like to think of it like a, um, like a puzzle right? So if, if there's a beautiful picture that's possible inside the box with all the puzzle pieces, the very first thing we got to do is take the lid off. And the second thing we got to do is dump all those pieces on the table, right? Because nothing's going to make sense while it's all jumbled up in our head. And that's essentially like us trying to build a puzzle together with the box on and all the pieces in the box. So the first thing we got to do is just get it out. And that's the same for us. And, and I think for many of us, this is me, I didn't think I had permission to start getting it out until I knew what I was going to say. So it's like, because we don't have the answer to who am I, we don't even start to answer the question. And so it's not going to happen inside your head. So what I did and what I teach and work with my clients on is just give yourself and start really small. So if this is new to you, do like two minutes, right? So baby steps into this and do what I call free flow journaling. So I have personally come up with um, a list of questions. Those are my, my babies, if you hear mm-hmm. them. Um, I have a list of questions that, let me pull this up. It's like 60 questions long, Michelle. And, and they range from where do I feel the happiest to what do I really want? What do I love to do? Um, am I happy? When do I feel the most joyful? What do I want to be known before? Um, what are my secret needs? You know, what are the things I fantasize about? And who am I is, is one of those things on there. And what I did is I set myself up with just that space. I set a timer, right? So this was important. And I just allowed myself to write. And what I gave myself permission to do is not have to have the answers. And I allowed myself 
to write and say whatever I wanted. So even if that was like, if you were my client, right, Michelle, and, and they said, and I gave you this as a, um, I gave you this as an assignment, I would tell you, I want you to write nonstop for the two minutes, even if that says, I can't believe Michelle gave me this dumb exercise mm -hmm. to do. This is ridiculous. I'm hungry. Is it two minutes yet? I want a banana. I'm over this because we have to get all of the puzzle pieces out. Yes. And so maybe that's all that comes out on the first day, but maybe the second day there's something else. And maybe it's not, maybe it's still, this is so dumb. This was such a ridiculous exercise. Just write. That's fine. I mean, that's perfect because underneath all of that are the answers, but most of us don't give ourselves permission to get through all the stuff that's on the outside to get to what's underneath. So we just have to start writing and I wouldn't do it for any more than 10 minutes a day. Yes. But if you've never done it, just two minutes and just write and write where you say, I'm not going to pick my pen up. Even if it is, I can't believe I listened to that lady on that podcast. This is the most ridiculous exercise I've ever done. Like whatever <laughs> it is, get it out and just give yourself that permission and know that's part of the process. And, and then set aside that time. And the other piece that's really important is to recognize for many of us, um, starting with the negative is actually helpful. So in order to find out like who we are, sometimes we have to get rid of everything we're not. So like I made a list years ago of just stuff that I hate. And I use that word intentionally, right? Like if that doesn't resonate with you, you could use things that annoy me or things that I don't like um, and, and start there because I didn't even recognize that there was a lot of stuff in my life that I was like, I don't actually like, and I say yes to these things. Right. So sometimes for us, knowing who we're not is an important first step in, in finding out who we are, because that's um, that's who's there underneath all of the other you know, pieces and parts that we put on. So another question might be like, here are things that I just don't like. Right. And for me, it was stuff like I don't actually like high heels. Right? I don't I don't like. Um, I don't even remember what was on there at the time, but like there were certain people or like, I don't like, you know, karaoke or I don't like actually going to bars. I don't like being around people mm -hmm. in more than groups of, of six, right? I don't like sitting on the end of a table because I don't know what's happening in a conversation. Right? I like to be in, in the middle of things. So I just let myself be like, what don't I like? You know, like, actually, I don't like you know, hamburger buns or whatever it is that comes up for you. But so many of us end up saying yes or engaging in things that we just don't actually like because we feel obligated to it and we don't have the clarity that actually we don't, we don't enjoy it. It's not something that we like. So those are the two, two things, playing with who you're not and then starting to set aside the time to journal. They just get to know you yeah. and recognize you're not alone. You just said it, and I think it was really important. Most of the women that listen to this feel that way too. Mm -hmm. We're Absolutely. not, yeah, we're not programmed that. I didn't learn this in school, right? Getting to know who I was, that wasn't something I was taught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that exercise, and I love how specific you are. I'm going to definitely use your puzzle analogy for sure, mm -hmm. um, because I actually have some training coming up inside of my Set Free Sisterhood Facebook group, and this is some of the stuff we're going to work on, nice. that, that self-discovery piece, and um, I like the timing, and then the one thing I also say to clients is when we do pour that out and when we journal, we're not judging. We're not editing. We're not spacing. There's nothing we're looking at to critique. It is literally pouring it out on paper. Mm -hmm. So I love, and I love the fact that, you know, just giving ourselves permission to talk about the yuck, get the junk out. You know, it's a safe space. It's your journal. It's your time. It's you. This is your opportunity to get to know yourself. If you're already in this space of the frustration, it's in there rattling around anyway. Why wouldn't you want to make sense of it? So you could get some freedom. And you, you, you would be the first person that I know who made sense of it on their own inside their head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I've never done it. I don't know any client that's done it. And, and I really, I'm happy that the analogy resonates because I really think about that. Cause once 
if you do play puzzles or play with puzzles, once you get all the pieces out, then you can start to categorize them, right? Then you can say, okay, these are all the end, like the, the edges. So let me put those, this is how I do puzzles, right? Let me put those yep. in, in a little pile. Okay, these are all the ones that look like they're the colors of the sun. So let me put those together. And then we can start to separate things and then we can start to work with the different pieces. But we, we cannot do that while it's in the box. Mm-hmm. We just can't. And, and when we can give ourselves that permission and understand that it's part of the process. And I'm happy you said that about my journal. Mine's right here. I write down the edges. I like circle things. There's no, it's not neat. And, and there's been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to. And I'm like, who's reading this? No one's reading this. So yeah. just breathe. This is just me dumping this out. And, and to that point, it's okay to have to talk to yourself and self-regulate throughout the process. So I think it's normal for those thoughts to pop up like, Oh my gosh, I wrote out of the line or I didn't spell this word. Right. Okay. And remind yourself it's okay. I'm just getting all the the pieces out right now. Like this is good. I'm all right. This is totally normal. I'm not alone and, and take a breath and then keep going. It's not about necessarily eliminating the conversation. It's about noticing it and then communicating with it with the compassion and gentleness that you would with a child. Yeah. It's so funny. The, the vision that I got to in the puzzle was like, you know how there's always those few pieces you're like, huh, those look weird. Those look weird. Right. <laughs> okay. So guess what, ladies? There's going to be like, ooh, that thought was weird. <laughs> just it's okay it's part of that big picture somewhere and it is just okay and then to um you know to touch on the the vocal and the verbal part same thing clearly mm-hmm. I love to talk things out that's how I get clarity that's how I just I work through lots of things is verbal with even just myself so there's a lot of power in that too, just taking that time to use that voice memo and talking it out and, and do both. I do both. So depending on the situation and where I'm at and all that good stuff. So, all right. So how did this, this change just affect you? I know your whole life is turned around. I see the beauty in how you have taken your journey, your learning, your transformation into the world to impact all these other women that you have been able to serve and you will continue to serve. So tell me a little bit about that. Like how has that felt for you? Um, how has that brought you to where you are now and, um, and what's next? I love that. I think the, the first word that came to mind for me, um, is, is just compassion, like real, true compassion. You know, I, I thought that I, I loved people. Like I really believed that I did, but what I believe now that I didn't know then is that if I hated myself and I did, um, I couldn't love anyone else. And if I had no compassion for myself and I didn't, I really couldn't have like authentic, genuine compassion for anyone else because I didn't have it in me. So probably the biggest thing that really changed for me is how I started to view the, the world because I, and I feel this way sometimes where like my, um, this happened a few weeks ago, actually after ECCP, right? Like my heart like, like was aching. And I recognized, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think it's, I think it's expanding. Like my capacity for love is increasing because I have, I feel that way about me. And so when I see other people that are acting out, you know, um, it doesn't mean I agree. Like these two things are, are very distinct. I can choose not to be around you. I can choose not to like the behavior, but I, I'm like, man, I get it. I get it. And, and I can have compassion for the, the hurting parts of people that act out because I have compassion for the hurting parts of, of me. Mm-hmm. And so that changed 
I mean, it's, I feel silly saying this, but it, it literally changed everything, right? It's like, um, because I changed then literally like everything I touched. Right. So I heard somebody say this, uh, on a podcast actually, um, there's wisdom on podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I heard somebody say that, um, it's not, it's not about changing other people and how they feel about us. Right. But can we change how we feel about how they feel about us? Right. So I can't, I couldn't change my mom. I couldn't change anybody else, right? A boss or coworkers or any of the things in my life, but could I adjust how I reacted and responded to them? And when I started to do that, I mean, my, my marriage shifted, uh, transformed actually my relationship with, with my mom and with my dad, um, has been able to transform because I get it. Um, doesn't mean again that I am okay with things and I do understand. I have compassion for that and I have compassion for the hurting parts of, of me. So that shifted, I mean, everything. And, and with the work that I do, um, with the work that I do now, I really am committed to helping other people have that compassion for themselves so that we can start to I think a lot of it, at least in the work that I do, is reparenting, right? Is is noticing what was missing and, and again, not blaming or shaming anyone, but just recognizing this was missing, right? Because this person didn't have the capacity for whatever reason to give that to me. And now how can I give that to myself? So there's, there's a distinction for me between like, like self-love is one thing, self-like is something different and nurturing like really nurturing me, really listening to my body, really developing like a, a healthy communication of just like I would with a child, right? Like, how do you, how do you feel today? What's going on with you today? What, what do you want to eat? And giving myself that permission and then turning around and teaching other people to do, to do the same. Um, I think I'm answering your questions. If I'm not, let me know. What's next is, is just more of this really understanding um, what the work is that I do and where it's needed um, is about having bigger conversations, stepping out, being more, more bold in, in some of my language and, and posting and um, getting my book published, I think is, um, is a must um, for, because I think people need to know, I needed to know that I wasn't crazy. Hmm. I thought I was the only one and I thought I was going nuts. And I think it's important for those of us that are, are healing in our journeys to, to turn around and share the parts that are already healed. Because what I knew is that at some point I recognized that it, right, this joy, this, this abundant life, this experience where I don't beat myself up even, I might, I, I feel like I'm like, oh shoot, uh, I wish that I had made a different choice, but I can take continued action because I don't spin out on a shame cycle like I used to, right? And so I didn't know that that actually was possible. I knew other people were experiencing it, but I didn't think people like me were experiencing it, right? I thought that other people were like these gifted unicorns, right? Who never had any kind of problems with anything and yep. that it was great for them. And, and I had a lot of resentment for them too, because I'm like, oh, it must be nice, right? To be those people. Um, right? <laughs> but I think that people that, that are, are humans and willing to say, hey, I'm imperfect. Hey, I, I have had these experiences and, and now I'm on the other side to, to turn around and, and, and continue to guide while, while I travel. And one of the people in our community says, and I love this, is lifting while I climb, right? Is just turning around and putting that, that hand up to say, like, come on, this is, this is possible. So it's, it's really speaking more and, and sharing my story and, and letting, you know, through living by example, you know, letting people know what's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I am, I'm on the list for that book for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be right there following you and um, just being blessed by your leadership. And I want to mention compassion. <laughs> so, um, well, first of all, I can say to the audience and I want to tell you, like I've never experienced true like love and compassion so quickly from a human that I that I did with you like it was something that I was like who is this person is this real like how does how does somebody really feel that way about me and yet they don't 
really know me yet, but like it was legit. Mm. And the more I talked to you, the more I was around you, like she's consistent. Like this is just who she is. Mm. And that's huge because when you, or when I am around you, it's safe and it's, and we, it's safe to be me. And I think that that's what is so beautiful too about you is the fact that when someone enters your space, it's just like, there's this like, I don't know, this aura or this cloud of just this like, ah, oh, okay, I can breathe because this human is near me. So mm. I want to share that with you. And before I start crying <laughs> and then, um, compassion personally, oh my goodness. I would like to say that I've, I've been a compassionate person most of my life, but I will say I have experienced the same thing in the fact that once I had my breakthrough and started my journey, it was, it's completely different. It's changed all my relations. Same thing, my, my marriage, how I relate to my children, the patience I have with them. And then as I see people in my, in the world, same thing. And I, I see them hurting and I want to, um, you know, I want to come gently and, you know, just kind of let them know that they're seen. Like I see you right where you are and it's, and I care for you. You know, it's, it's amazing how that begins to shift once we have our own breakthroughs. And then for me personally, doing this work that we're doing and continuing to grow in that. So thank you for being amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. So is there anything else that you feel like that you want to share or as we close, um, that would really help maybe something that, you know, if, I mean, if she's sitting there and she's listening and she's like, you know what, this sounds great. I, you know, I hear her, but I don't know, you know, I've, I've had this going on my whole life. You don't know where I'm at right now. My life is a mess inside my home. Is this possible for me? If she's saying that, what would you say? Yeah. Um, that I, I get it. Um, not your details necessarily, but I, I get what it's like to have a life that's a mess and feels completely out of control and that you're just doing the best that you can to keep everything like just floating above the surface. I know what it's like to feel like you're doing every single thing right and not like it's just not working, you know? And I, I understand what it's like to feel passionless and resentful and, and jealous and be waiting for somebody to finally come and, and catch, like give you the break that you so are giving everybody else. Um, yeah, it's possible. And, and you are the one that you're waiting for. And it's not a flip of the switch for most people. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a flip of the switch for you. It might be, but it's not a flip of the switch for most people. Michelle said earlier that she put her hands up and, and surrender. And it's funny. Um, you may have heard me share the story, Michelle, but not, but that was my moment. I was literally laying face down on the floor in my bedroom. We were about to have our electricity turned off, even on the outside. For those of you that are familiar, and even if you're only sort of familiar, I was a pink Cadillac sales director in Mary Kay Cosmetics. And so that's a pretty, not like the highest position in the company, but pretty successful. And I was about to have my electricity turned off. And, and in that moment, um, it was just like a, like I just raised my hand. I'm just like, I don't know, like I, help. Like it wasn't this glamorous, like, oh, right. This like light shining. It was just kind of like, screw it. Um, except it was the F word. Right. And, and I just, you know, like, I, like I can't do this on my own anymore. And so it's not necessarily going to be this big glamorous moment. Um, you're not alone. I think that's a really important thing for you to remember, even if you feel like you are, which is normal. Uh, your details are individual and unique to you, but you are not alone in this. And it is 
possible for you to experience something different. And whatever reaching out for support looks like for you, even if right now it's just silently watching this, listening to this podcast and, and being in a community where you can hear, even if you're not ready yet to put your hand up, it's, you're, in, you're in the right place if you're hearing this message. So stay connected in whatever that looks like for you. And when you get to that point where you're irritated enough, right? when, when you are at that place where you're just like, I'm done with this, you know, that irritation. And then that declaration um, of either I will no longer, or I will right? either of those declarations. Um, those are the ingredients that are necessary in a true breakthrough. And then that last step is a surrendered action. And when you're ready, there's somebody, whether it's Michelle or somebody else that, you know, um, that is, is going to be able to be there for you to help support you through that process. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Well, it was my honor to have this conversation and I know that it is going to be a blessing for so many women. So thank you again for taking your time to, to share today. I appreciate it. Thank you. I think that's the other thing, if I can say this last thing mm -hmm. that we need to know that um, there is somebody, there was a time where I didn't think anybody would ever care about my story. Mm -hmm that I really thought that the suffering was just kind of part of my lot in, in life. Um, and so it's a really cool experience that that is a little bit emotional for me to reflect back on that person that I used to be and recognize that, that what she went through um, is, is, is able to bless somebody else. Um, so even if that's an anchor for somebody to hold on to, just to know um, there's somebody who, 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 who needs to hear, right? And, and so wherever it is, even if it's in a small community right now, with just a sister, right, is, as Michelle shared in her Facebook group or community, even if it's just that for right now, um, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, it's really cool to have this experience. So thank you for listening and thank you for asking the questions and thank you for inviting me, uh, inviting me here to share. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.